welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So let's stand to our feet. Welcome, Penny. Thank you. Good morning, church. All right. So I said to Justin during the welcome, uh, you stole my sermon. He didn't. We laughed. That's Holy Spirit confirming. Just going to put my timer on so that I can be respectful of your time. Here we go. I started preparing to speak today weeks ago and I had a specific topic I wanted to talk about because I felt comfortable talking about that topic. And then I came to church last Sunday and if you were here, you know it was incredible beginning to end before the service started. And what I had prepared just didn't sit for this timing. So I said, okay, Holy Spirit, you tell me what we're going to do instead and we'll do that. Justin asked me on Monday, how are you going for Sunday? I giggled. He said, what's that mean? I said, it's just joy. It's just going to be it's just the joy of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be amazing. So uh, what I'm going to do is talk about what Holy Spirit told me this week. I'm going to start by... Uh, just speaking about some of the things Lee spoke about last week. She spoke about a lot of things. I'm going to touch on a couple of points and then we're going to launch from there. I'm going to do about 10 minutes maybe, don't hold me to that, on some Old Testament stuff and set it up, tell you how it was and then we're going to talk about today. Is that good? Okay, so if you were here or if you watched it, you will know that Lee mentioned the Ark of the Covenant was how God dwelt among his people in the Old Testament. It's where his presence was. She spoke about David bringing the ark back into Jerusalem and the ritual and the ceremony that had to go with that because there were rules about how the presence of God was treated in that time. She spoke about the blessing returning to Jerusalem when the ark came and about, can't say his name, thank you, Obed-Edom. He had an understanding and a reverence of the presence of God. He understood what it meant, he understood the power of it, and he behaved in a way that was honouring towards it. So he was blessed, and when the ark went from his house back into Jerusalem, he followed it and became a gatekeeper. So he intentionally positioned himself for the presence of God. So that's a short summary of some of what Lee said. Today we're going to look at what happened after that which was Solomon, sorry, David wanted to build a temple. God said, thanks, no thanks. Um, you can read about that in Samuel, Second Samuel, about why that is. But he said, I'm going to get one of his sons to build it. So in 1 Kings 5, Solomon begins to build the temple. It takes him seven years to build it. It's not a simple process. In 1 Kings 6, it goes all through the design. It talks about the measurements, the dimensions, the it's very specific, the entranceway, the outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies. It talks about the type of wood that had to be used. It was specific. It had to be taken from a certain place and treated in a certain way. It talks about the rock where it was quarried. It talks about the decorative elements. It talks about the door frames. The detail is incredible. It talks about the sacrificial altars. It talks about the incense tables, the ritual basins, the lamps, the fittings, the gold, everything overlaid with gold. 
and it talks about the veil. The veil is what separated the Holy of Holies, which is where the ark was, from the holy place. And the veil had to be made with specific thread, had to be made in specific colours, and it had to have specific designs on it. It separated the holy place from the Holy of Holies. And only one person could go into the Holy of Holies. It was the head priest. Forget his proper job role. The high priest. The high priest. One guy, he can go in there once a year and only after he's performed a whole bunch of rituals, he's followed a whole bunch of rules, his life has to be in order and he has to do ceremonies to get from the outer court to the holy place to the Holy of Holies. He has to wear certain things. He has to whole bunch of detail for what he has to do to get into the presence of God. So it takes seven years to do this. Once the temple is built, he has to bring the ark from where it was, where David put it in the tabernacle, to, to the new temple that he's built and into the Holy of Holies. So he does what they did uh, previously that Lee spoke about last week summoned all the priests, all the elders, all the chiefs of all the families and they followed all the rules and all the, c- the ceremonies to move the ark because you can't touch it. It has to be carried by the priests on certain poles made out of certain wood. We have to sacrifice every however often, make sure there's no sin. It's a big deal. It's a big celebration. So in 1 Kings 8 chapter 5, it says, this is probably the Amplified because I love more words, why use five when you can use 50? <laughs> King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel, all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him, were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and ox, oxen, so many that they could not be counted or numbered. Side note, because I like to ask questions. A bit further down in the chapter, verse 63 and 4, After the temple is finished, Solomon dedicates it. They have a dedication ceremony and he makes sacrifices at that ceremony. And it says, Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered to the Lord, 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. 22,000 bulls, 120,000 sheep. Back in verse 5, is too many to count. But we can count to 120,000. But it was too many to count when we moved it and we sacrificed along the way. Too many to count. 120,000 sheep. Put a sheep in every seat of the MCG and then have 20,000 more outside. 120,000 sheep. This is, this is where my brain goes, right? We're talking about the ritual and the sacrifice they had to go through to be able to host the presence. This is where my brain goes. Where did all these sheep come from? (laughs) Seriously, the financial cost, right? Uh, I like how Kingdom talks about finances. I'm into it, right? I believe in prosperity. I believe in blessing. I believe that we're supposed to have the wealth of the world and we're supposed to solve all the problems of the world. That's a separate sermon. There were people who provided 120,000 sheep, 22,000 bulls on the day that we dedicated the temple 
We've had more than that the day that we moved the ark to the temple. Where did they all come from? Who cleaned up the poo? Right? They don't even fit. I read the dimensions of the outer court. These animals don't fit in the temple. So we've got holding pens. Someone has to care for them. Someone has to water them. Someone has to bring them. This one's next. We sacrifice them all. Won't go into the goriness. The blood. We burnt them. The smoke. Gross. This is what they had to do to be able to host the presence of God. Huge. Messy. Stinky. Hard. Expensive. One other point that I thought was really hilarious, because I just, I really like process improvement. So I read this verse that says, the bronze altar that was before the Lord was too small to receive all the offerings. They just built it. Did they not consult God about the specs? Did they not go, how big should I make the altar? It's brand new. It's day one. It's not big enough. What's going on there? Need to review that project. Learn some lessons. Right. Anyway, lots of sacrifice, lots of ritual to host the presence. The priests take the ark into the holy place. They take it behind the veil, behind the holy of holies, where only the high priest can go one day a year after he does a bunch of stuff to get there. Hoping he's good enough, hoping it's okay, and taking your petition and your petition and your petition to God with him. And in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Now it happened that when the priests had come out of the holy place, the cloud filled the Lord's house so that the priests could not stand in their positions to minister because of the cloud. For the glory and brilliance of the Lord had filled the Lord's house, the temple. Couldn't even stand to do their job. They had specific jobs to do, specific ways to do it. And the presence was overpowering. So it's the dedication day. Solomon dedicates the temple. He prays. You can read it in 1 Kings chapter 8, 27 through 30. I'm going to read the last sentence. Basically, his petition is, God, hear us. We built this temple. We're doing the rules, doing all the stuff. We just want you to hear us. Turn your ear towards this place. The last sentence he says there is, here, with your ear here, here in heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. So the people went through all this ritual, all this sacrifice, all this expensive, time-consuming effort. Why? Because they wanted God to hear them and they wanted God to forgive them. What they wanted was relationship. They were desperate to be in relationship with the God, the creator of the universe. Desperate to be in his presence.
So I'll share with you something that happened this morning for me. Uh, we were at our farmhouse on the weekend. We drove back this morning. I drove back. JD drove back in his car. We're going away for a bit. We're not going to that house. So on my mind was, speaking this morning, empty the fridge, make sure the washing's dry. Grass is too long. Grass is going to be so long when we get back. It's too wet. The creek's blocked. What are we going to do about that? Get in the car. JD asked me yesterday, you got enough petrol? Because he's a good husband. And I said, yeah, I should get to church. And I should get to Costco. Won't get home, though. So I've got all these things on my mind, speaking today, all this stuff. And I get in the car and I set the sat-nav, not because I don't know the way, but because it's a race every time. And I won. And a thought came into my head. And I've said this before. Not every thought that comes into your head is from God. Not every thought that comes into your head is from you. And the best bit, not every thought that you have do you have to partner with. You do not have to partner with every thought that comes into your head. Some of them are dumb. Some of them you should take captive and remove. So the thought that comes into my head this morning is, (sighs) better choose the right worship songs to listen to on the way so I can get in Jesus mode. (laughs) Honest to goodness, that's what I thought. Got to get in Jesus mode. Got to be like Justin and quote some scriptures. He knows a lot of Bible scriptures. Got to be like Judy and feel the presence. Got to pray like Nolene. Got to get in Jesus mode. Got to do a ritual as I come to the temple so that I'm good enough to receive his presence. So I took that thought and I went, that's a dumb thought. Put my worship track on shuffle because I'm not partnering with that thought. Choose the right song. Come on. Here's the good news. Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 and 51. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. He's on the cross and he yielded up his spirit. And then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The hurdles you have to get past are removed from top to bottom. The veil is torn into the Holy of Holies, providing you access. Hebrews 10, 16 through 22. You can read that in your own time. Verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. A new and living way, a new, a new covenant. Old covenant said, bring 120,000 sheep, do a ritual, put it on the thing, make sure, ooh, yucky, come, get someone else to go for you, maybe they're good enough. The new covenant says, you don't need to come to the temple to experience his presence. 
You don't need to bring an animal sacrifice. Thank goodness, because I don't know where to get a sheep. You don't need to go through a ritual. You don't need to get in Jesus mode in the car on the way. You don't need to stand in the outer court while someone else does your bidding. You are enough. As you are, you are enough. The sacrifice of Jesus is once and for all. There is no more sin. There is nothing that stands between you and the presence of God. In fact, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know and understand that you, the church, that's the people, that's you, that's you, that's you, that's me, are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells permanently in you, collectively and individually. Yes, it's here on Sunday, but it's here every day. It's here every moment. It's accessible to you now. It's in you permanently. Whether you feel like you're in Jesus mode or not, Holy Spirit has come and he remains. Just think about that for a minute. Why? Why is his presence in you? Why did he come up with this new plan where it's not housed in the temple that you can't get to? What's in the presence? Freedom. Health. Reconciliation. Peace. Restoration. He sent his presence to dwell in you because he wants you to have those things. You don't have to come begging for it. It's already done. It's already done. And it's in you, for you, and for the world. For the world. You're called to take his presence, his freedom, his restoration, his healing, his blessing to the world. We're called to release his kingdom. And his kingdom lives in you. Tash, can you come and play, please? We have an invitation to steward the presence of God personally. It's an invitation. Justin said this morning, there's no... There's no test. There's no reward for behaviour. It's an invitation. It's a gift. And it's here and it's paid for and it's done. And you get to choose if you'd like some. You get to choose if you're going to be a spectator in what's happening or whether you're a participant. It's your choice. What's it look like to steward the presence of God? Looks like spending time with Jesus. It doesn't look like performance. It's relationship. Sit at his feet, read his word, pray, ask him what he thinks about stuff. 
choose to increase your awareness of his presence, which is always in you, always around you, always upon you, always for you. Choose to increase your awareness of it. Take the lie of Jesus mode and chuck it out the door. It's rubbish. So you can be a spectator or you can be a participant. And I'll give you a free tip. Participants better. It's better. So will you stand with me, please? Let's just take a minute to focus on him, on the gift that this is, that his presence can dwell in us. And choose. from your heart what you want this to look like. Father God, we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. We thank you that you made a better covenant for us. That we can come boldly into the Holy of Holies. That we're good enough. And that you just want relationship with us. So we choose your presence. We choose your presence. Daily and in the moments, we choose your presence. Lift our awareness. Open our eyes to see what you're doing in us and through us. Thank you that you're a good God and that you're faithful. Thank you, Jesus.